what's up guys welcome back to another podcast episode today let's talk about the asbury revival let's talk about the asbury revival um so check this out if you don't know what that is asbury college or university which is in kentucky um started off with a simple chapel service and that chapel service eventually went on for two weeks straight how does that happen, Nay? Because the Holy Spirit came down and he did his thing. So pretty much, like I said, Asbury College was it's a Christian university and they were having their normal chapel service. And then eventually a couple students just went up to the altar and started to started to repent. And student after student after student came up to repent to the point that students did not want to leave. Even some students stayed, some food was brought, some coffee was brought to the point that it went from a, a simple chapel service to a two-week straight non-stop worship. And over 50,000 plus people visit Asbury College to witness and be a part of the revival. And I knew some people personally that went, um... I know some people that went, and I know some people who were um, going to go, but then eventually end up going um, but watch it on the live stream. I know some people who friends um, got to be involved or got to know about it, things like that. And the point is, I'm bringing it up not to name drop. I'm not name dropping, but not to, but oh, I know the people. But to say that this was a real revival, and what's amazing about it is that they weren't they weren't doing this for media coverage. They didn't advertise it. They didn't label it as a revival. They didn't say, hey, come to a revival service. They were just having regular chapel service. And then it went on for two weeks straight. And the only reason why they got shut down is because this, the city had to shut it down because they just didn't have enough resources for the people that were coming coming through from, from all across the country. Guys, Again, this was a real revival. Why? Because repentance was involved. Many times, a lot of local churches have events and they label of these events as revival. They label these events as revival. And it's not revival. Because they think it's revival because a couple of people cried. But those same people that having their emotional experience, which emotions are beautiful, crying is great. But they're leaving the same. There's no repentance. There's no change. There's no transform. There's no transformation. But this was revival because there was nonstop repentance, nonstop worship. What true revival is is it emotionalism. It is repentance and it is hosting the presence of God to do what He does best. They didn't advertise again as this revival. They didn't say, "Hey, look at look, demons are being cast out. People are being healed." Maybe that did happen. I don't know. But all I know was they said, God, here we are. We're open to hosting you and do what you do best. And Holy Spirit did what he did best and led people to repentance, led people to truth. He glorified Jesus Christ. That's what he, that's what Jesus said. Jesus said that he's going to send the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is going to glorify him. And from there, other colleges are experiencing similar things. People who um, went to the Asbury Revival and they're going back to their schools or they're going back home to do not the same thing, but to simply host the presence of God. See, many times we 
read these amazing revival stories. The Welsh revival, the Browns or the Brownsville revival, I believe it's called. Um, what happened on how the Pentecostal movement, the the uh, Azusa Street revival. We read these revivals, and some of us get encouraged, and we try to either copy that, or we get discouraged, or we try to say that's 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 so far along, that's so far that's so far down the road. But we're not caught to copy another revival. We're not called to copy what God did before. In a sense, we're not called to copy the revivals. Yes, we're called to do what Jesus said do in the Great Commission to make disciples. Yes, we're called to copy and follow the ways of Jesus, but not to replicate revivals. We're called to simply host the presence of God. And if he chooses to do things similar in other revivals, let him do that. But we're not called to try to be Holy Spirit Jr., and try to recreate the things that we read or heard about in other revivals is what I'm trying to say. I will never forget that God used me for a revival. And honestly, I did not realize that until I came here on my missions trip where I'm getting trained. And where I'm getting trained is part of why I'm youth for the mission. And we're really heavy on revival and hosting the presence of God. And then it dawned on me, I was like, wait a minute. God used me for revival before. And it wasn't an in-person revival when I'm standing on stage and I'm preaching or I'm laying hands on people. But it was a viral revival. God used me for revival simply by using my phone for a free app. I'll tell you guys the story. Because I want I want this episode to encourage you all that God can use you for revival. That you don't need a building. You don't need a stage. You don't need a mic. All you need is prayer, worship, and an and a, and a open door to host the presence of God. And you can do that over Instagram. You can do that over TikTok. You can do that over a podcast. You just need to have prayer. Right? To worship in spirit and truth. To host the presence of God and let the Holy Spirit do his thing. So it's this app called Clubhouse. It's this app called Clubhouse, right? And Clubhouse is free. It is really a networking app. A lot of people that does business or sales or real estate, anything like that, they use a lot to network, which I have used that for for that reason before as well. And I'll never forget my friends are talking about Clubhouse. Clubhouse is amazing. Da, 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 you should join Clubhouse. And I'm like, guys, I'm tired of joining apps. I don't want another social media app. I'm not joining. But my friends kept coming back in the group chat and saying, revival is breaking up. People are getting delivered. People are getting healed. People are getting saved. And it took me a couple of weeks or maybe a couple months to join Clubhouse. I was like, guys, I'm not joining it. Finally, I was like, no, screw it. I'm going to join it. And I joined and I was like, wow, there's other people on fire. <laughs> and this is really, this is serious. So I'm like at first a spectator. I'm I'm in the they're called they're called rooms or clubhouse. I'm in the rooms watching my friends be on stages through called stages or clubhouse and watching the Holy Spirit move through a phone. So one day it dawned on me to start a club on Clubhouse called Spiritual Warfare 101. Okay, before there was a podcast Spiritual Warfare 101, I had a clubhouse club called Spiritual Warfare 101. And what I did with Spiritual War- Warfare 101 is God will give me a topic. I will learn that week or that day, whatever. I will learn all I can learn about on that topic. And on that weekend, on that Saturday, maybe Friday, Saturday, I will teach on that topic. And then watch God move. Now, first, it started slow. Maybe an hour, two hours. You know, a couple of hours it lasted. 
you know, I taught on things on New Age, on the Jezebel spirit, according to the book of Revelation. I taught on soul ties, according to many books of the Bible. I taught on many things. I taught on things that are spiritual, spiritual warfare one-on-one. God would give me an idea, I will learn, and I will teach. And then eventually, these rooms started getting longer and longer and longer. Mind you, I used to be a caregiver. I used to work overnight. Again, rooms started off two hours, a couple hours long. But then one day, a room went to eight plus hours. And then the next weekend, it went to 10 plus hours. And then the next weekend, it went to 16 plus hours, 18 plus hours. I'm talking about 16, 18 plus hour revivals over the phone. I wasn't there the entire time. There are times I would say, I will leave because I need to sleep. And I say, guys, take over. Guys, take over. Hey, such and such, I trust you. Take over. Right? Because it's not all about me. I did what I had to do. And then the Holy Spirit will come in the room and people will get saved. People will get delivered. People will get healed. People will get the gift of tongues. I will never forget this lady. I can't remember her name, but it doesn't matter her name. This lady, she comes to the, come to the room. For that room topic I was teaching her. She comes to the room. And almost every older old cat like this always said this about my friends. My, my friends and I are pretty, pretty young. They're like, man, I wish I was on fire for God at your age like you are now. Like, we're 20-something. We're I wish I was on fire for God. I wish I was doing what you're doing. Like that. Lady, I now remember her name, but I'm not going to say her name. Lady comes in. She says the same thing, right? Wish I was on fire, da-da-da. And she goes, guys, like, I always wanted the gift of tongues. I've been praying for the gift of tongues for years, Pray for the gift of tongues for years. I asked her a couple of questions, da, da, da. and I was like, well, I have faith right now. You're going to get the gift of tongues like right now. Can we pray? She's like way older. I'm, I'm 24 right now, about to be 25. I think I was 22 at the time, 22 at the time, All right? So we're praying for her, and she's on, she's on this app the entire time. And as we're praying, she starts to, she starts to utter she starts to utter tongues, right? Basically, she starts to speak in tongues, and then she begins to weep because she's been praying for this gift for years. 20-something-year-old nobodies. A woman older than us, way older than us, husband, kids, everything, comes in and says, I've been praying for this for years. And simply because of our obedience and our faith, she got what she's been praying for in her faith. And she got the gift for tongues. I see her some. I see her some weeks later. I said, "Hey, are you still speaking in tongues?" She goes, "Yes, I'm speaking in tongues, and my husband is too." Twenty-something-year-olds decided to start a room, a club on this app called Clubhouse, and we decided to host the presence of God. And He showed up. He showed up. Psychics would come in the rooms. Witches would come in the room. But they couldn't do nothing because the presence of God was being hosted. The presence of God was being hosted. So many salvations. People that I've seen saved in that app are now still, most, most of them, many of them are still walking with the Lord. And they're, to the point, they're doing they're, they're having their own podcast. They're doing their own Facebook lives. They're on fire for God. They're traveling, preaching the gospel full time with four, with four kids. Single mom with four kids. God saved. Used to be a pro, I used to be a stripper or a prostitute, one of those. 
got saved, right? Got delivered all this on, on my clubhouse, on my room. And now she's walking with the Lord on fire, traveling with her four kids, preaching the gospel. And I'm not giving myself any credit. I had an idea. The Lord met me. Maybe he gave me that idea. I'm sure he did. And he would give me topics. I would be obedient. I would learn. I would teach on those topics. And I said, I would open the floor for the Holy Spirit to do what he did best. You can do the same thing. You don't need to rent out a building. <clears throat> Excuse me. You don't need to rent out a building to host the presence of God. You are the temple of God. Buildings, <clears throat> sorry, buildings are amazing. Buildings are important. I think it's important to have revival in person as well, but if you're so hungry and thirsty to see God move, start on your phone. Start in your home. Start in your own church. Host a prayer night. I remember the Lord, um, I believe, it led me to do a prayer night every Thursday when I was back at home in Michigan. Every Thursday. And I only did it twice because eventually I got discouraged. I'm like, no one's coming. Not even my own friends are coming. And I got discouraged. I got discouraged. I got so discouraged and I gave up. But imagine if I kept going. What God could have done. Even if even if it was just me. Imagine what God could have done. Imagine. Because I didn't, I feel like I didn't have support. I gave up. But imagine that whole block could have been saved. A guy named Chris Burns, he's part of the Bourbon Street Revival. Bourbon Street is a street in Louisiana where you see Mardi Gras. And there's this bar in, um, on the Bourbon Street that's called Saints and Sinners. And um, long story short, one day he got invited. Saints and Sinners is owned by this one guy that's a believer and other guy that his name is Channing Tatum, who's an actor. Chris Burns, um, the guy that got saved, um, who's the co-owner with Channing Tatum, he goes, hey, I have a bar called Saints and Sinners. Um, I don't want this bar anymore. Um, I don't want this bar anymore. I want to sell it. Holy Spirit tells a God, don't sell it. Um, I want to use it. Now, some of you guys just think that's blasphemy, but stay with me. So long story short, um, He's like, you know what? I can host worship nights at this bar. Calls with Chris Burns. Calls with a friend who calls with Chris Burns. Chris Burns says, sure. Chris was come. And then when he comes, all he did was host the presence of God. Worship. Praying. And eventually, eventually dozens of people just kept coming. Dozens. To a point, hundreds of people are coming, standing outside the bar, worshiping Jesus. I'm talking about people are coming in drunk. People are coming to think it's just like a regular party, but then they get hit with the presence of God. And the grown man will get on their knees and start to weep. I'm talking about a man who's standing outside the window. He's drinking his beer. He gets so, so hit with the presence of God. He drops his beer and starts jumping up and down outside the window and say, Jesus is real. Jesus is real. Jesus is real. I'm talking about two men who did not speak English were part of sex trafficking. They were sex trafficking women, got hit with the presence of God, right? Chris Burns started to feel like people should start praying in the spirit. 
They got hit with the presence of God. One person that spoke Spanish, calm speaks to them, finds out they were sex traffickers. They, the, um, the people um, they were saying they were sex, the guys they were sex traffickers. They said, "Oh, God can never forgive us." The lady basically tells them the gospel and said they are forgiven, and now they're saved. They repented for what they have done, and I don't know the rest of the story, but God can meet anybody who just simply hosts the presence of God. Grown men would come, get on their knees, and weep. These sex traffickers did not speak English, probably did not know what the songs were talking about, but the presence of God was so strong that they had no choice but to get on their knees and weep. Why? Because they host the presence of God. Well, nay, that's great. Those are some great stories, nay. Not, not me. God can't use me now. I can't sing, nay. I can't play an instrument now. I don't have a place to do it, nay. I can't sing. Uh-uh. Right? I can't play an instrument. I got my phone alongside my faith and my obedience. And I said, God, here I am. That's all he needs. Elijah. God tells Elijah to go. Goes to Brook. Drink water from there. I'm going to send ravens to give you food. After a while, when the Brook drives up, he goes, go to this place. I have a widow. Um, I told a widow to, to, to help you. Elijah meets the widow. Says, hey, I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. Feed me. Da, da, da. Widow goes, I ain't got no food. So I got what to eat and die. He says, don't do that. Feed me first and watch God going to provide for you. She used what she had left. Because of her obedience, because of her faith, God took what she had left and made it last long enough until the rain came back. When Jesus fed the 5,000, we ain't got no food, God. Send them away. They hungry. He said they're going to pass by. Jesus goes, you feed them. What food we got? He's like, do you not know me by now? They find some food, like two loaves and a fish. The heck we going to do with this? Andrew had half faith. God, I found some food, but what the heck we going to do with this? Jesus looked at him like, what? Blesses it. Thanks the Father. Use what he had. Use resources. Obedience and faith. All, you, all God needs from you is your faith, your obedience, and your dependence on him. And he would tell you what to use for his glory. God, I don't got. Do you have faith? Do you have obedience? Can you depend on me? I will guide you and tell you what to use. You see that notebook right there? Start writing songs. Start start writing poems. Start writing that book that I placed in your heart, whatever it is. And that can lead people to repentance. It can lead people to revival. It can lead people to a great awakening. You need faith, obedience, dependence. And he can tell you what to use. He can use your little to none resources and make it abundant. That's my God. That's the God I serve. He used me. All I was doing after college, was going to seminary school, going to work, and praying 
I feel like I lost my purpose. I, my purpose was placed in being a president of X, Y, and Z. And all I had was prayer and obedience. Faith and obedience. And he used my resources. I was broke. Like broke, broke. Like $600 a month broke. <laughs> Never starved. Never needed money for guys that I know of. And he used what I had. My phone and Wi-Fi. And hundreds of people got saved. Hundreds. Maybe even more because of the people that got saved in the ministry he used me for. Hundreds got saved, delivered, healed. Got the gift of tongues. Other gifts, right? I'm not boasting myself. I want this to be an encouragement to you. If God can use me. People barely watch my videos on YouTube. If God can use me. God can use you. No one no one really knows what happened on Clubhouse. It wasn't on the newspaper. It wasn't on the, it wasn't in the newspaper. It wasn't on the news. It's not something that everyone talks about. A lot of people not bring up Clubhouse and they don't even know what Clubhouse is. God knows. The people that were encountered knows. Maybe a revival would happen in your town, in your home, on your phone. And hundreds, maybe even thousands, millions of people would be encountered. But no one will know. Are you okay with that? I've asked myself that too. Are you, will you be okay if you, the Lord uses you for all this, but no one really knows. People probably don't remember my name. And they probably won't remember your name. But will you be okay with that? As long as he gets the glory. Just be encouraged. Asbury Revival is not just for the ones in Kentucky. It can happen where you're at too. It could be Detroit Revival, Chicago Revival, New York, whatever. Michigan State, Florida State, I don't know. Revival, Harvard, Yale Revival, Penn State Revival. Will you be okay with being unknown? No name, no face. Was a person that was obedient, had faith, dependent on the Holy Spirit, and host the presence of God and let him do the rest. And pass down your mantle to somebody else to take care of it, to host the presence of God. Will you be okay with that? Guys, be blessed. Have an amazing, fantastic day. I'll see you guys next time.